the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. In today's broadcast, I'm going to go back, way, way back to my 20s. I don't have a time machine, but I kind of wish that I did. Advice that I would give to my 20-year-old self. This is content you can use. It's content you can think about. It's content that may apply to you in your 30s. Later on, I'll talk about my 30s. Advice that I would give then, now. Anyhow, let's start with um, plan ahead. Rob Black, you're 20 years old. Life's going to get a little more complicated. I know you like live music, but it's going to get a little bit more complicated when you get out of college. Plan ahead. Um, Don't have a closed eyes when you're driving. You're driving towards your future. You got to know what's ahead. Think short term. Short term is the next five years or less. Medium term, 10 years, five to 10 years. Long term, 20 plus years. That's what I wish I would have known. Now you're driving with your eyes wide open, and that's much safer. It's going to get you to where you need to go to. I look at retirement as a long 24-mile run. It's a marathon. I have good control of my steering wheel, and I know where the goal is, or I've got good shoes on, I'm well hydrated, I know where the finish line is. Budgeting is a great way to do this. I used to live paycheck to paycheck from age like 16 to 22. And then I stopped and I grew up and I started thinking budgeting, budgeting, budgeting. It allows you to see where your money's going so you can make necessary adjustments and to get you to where you think you want to go. We'll talk about that a little bit uh, as well. Learn to set up and use a budget. That's the first thing I would tell my younger self in his 20s. Um, I'd also say date well or marry well. And anyway, I'm not going to give a lot of advice on this show. Live within your means is the second thing I tell myself. Can't afford something? Don't buy it. Um, 18-year-old Rob got car stereos with good sound because I was in my car a lot. Now I think about it, I probably could have done with a stereo that was already in there. I got good speakers for the home because I loved music and I impressed my friends and the ladies in my life. But eh, $800 speakers, they didn't always age well. And they just definitely didn't travel with me to the West Coast. Can't afford it. Don't buy it. I, gosh, this is embarrassing to say. When I was 16 years old, I bought a girl a piece of jewelry from one of those mall stores, jewelry stores in the malls. And they gave me $300 credit. Why would they give a 16-year-old kid who's like scooping ice cream $300 credit? Well, they did. And I bought her an amethyst necklace for her birthday. And it was painfully embarrassing because on our, our first date, I went to her prom. On our second date, we went to Madonna and I bought scalp tickets. Uh, Beastie Boys were opening for Madonna. And the third date was her birthday. And I got her a necklace. I was basically broke at this point. And I met her boyfriend. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, 
debt does stupid things to you. Yeah, stay away from credit card debt, especially when you're young. Uh, for my children, I plan to get them a secure credit card so that if they do make mistakes, it doesn't hurt their credit. Live within your means, I tell my younger self. Make saving a habit, I tell my younger self. Uh, most important person to you is you. And your paycheck pays for you. I set up with Roberts and Stevens mutual funds when I turned 18 years old. And I was investing in mutual funds. It wasn't a lot, but it came straight out of my bank and straight to the uh, uh, Roberts and Stevens mutual funds. They had Dan Niles. They had just a rock and roll uh, set of star analysts working there. And they did tech and they did tech well. Why did I set it up through my bank? Because I knew if I didn't, I wouldn't do it every month. I go, yeah, let's spend that $166 on pizza. Let's spend that $166 on concert tickets. So I made it a habit. And once I got going, it was sweet. And I didn't pay for car expenses out of my savings. I didn't pay for medical emergencies. I didn't pay for job losses. Like my retirement was my retirement. I paid off all credit card debt when I figured out that it was evil. I can't afford 18% on things I pay for. $2,000 balance at 18% interest would take nearly 10 years to pay it off if you pay the minimum. And you pay off an extra $1,100. $1,100 on $2,000? Whoa! And I guess I knew myself that I would ultimately fail. So pay off your credit cards is what I would tell my younger self. Start investing um, is what I'd tell myself. Let's say you start out with $200 a month at age 25 and account earning an average annual return of 8%. By the time you're 65, you have $703,000. So at 25 years old and you put in $200 a month, you end up with $703,000. But if you wait until you're 30, just five years, you end up with only $462,000. In other words, that's half a million dollars. Quarter of a million dollars, quarter of a million dollars. I should do my math better. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I think a Roth IRA is a good place to start because earnings on your investments will be tax-free when you retire. I think we all expect taxes to go up in our lifetime. Um, and 401k, 403b, 457, and a Roth IRA, those are good choices. Uh, for the record, 401ks are through profitable corporations. 403bs are for nonprofits, and 457s are typically for like teachers. They're all kind of the same. I tell my younger self, hey, establish some credit. You're going to need it when you go to buy a house. You're going to need it when you go to buy a car. Credits, you're going to need it when you apply for a job. They're going to pull your credit report. And if you've speckled your 20s with, with mistakes, it's going to cost you. You may not get that job because you didn't pay off your credit card because you forgot. I'd go back and say, make sure you have a marketable skill. My marketable skill was being an investment advisor. I was better than, I think, everyone on the planet. Probably a little bit riskier, though, too, now that I look back on it. But my marketable skill eventually became talking about investments. And I think I've done a pretty good job. I've been in this job now for 25 plus years. So have a marketable skill. If you're in your 20s and you're just hanging around and going from restaurant to restaurant, Hey, it's great work, but that's going to be pretty awful work when you're 50. So you still have time to get a marketable skill, Rob. Like, tell yourself that. Cut the financial umbilical cord. 
in my 20s, I, I had to borrow $5,000 to keep my business afloat from a friend. Now, I was good about it. I actually paid him 10000 back. But there was a period of time where I, I was delivering food at night while being an investment advisor during the day, uh, studying in the middle of the night, studying in the morning. I, some people rely on their parents a little too long. I had a friend bail me out for $5,000. Um, cutting that financial umbilical cord, you have to. And if you're living with your parents or living with your sister, hey, I, there's no shame in that. But you need to look at it as like, I would like to be out on my own. Now again, maybe your culture or your, your social pressures that you like living with those people. I'm happy I never got married in my 20s because it wouldn't have worked because none of the loves in my 20s worked. We always grew apart. Something happened. So I would say marry wisely. That's what I'm going to tell my kids when they're 20. I'd say, you're in no rush. You want your spouse for life, not the day you turn 21. I've seen a lot of people get married in their 20s and they're just, I've seen a lot of, I've seen more mistakes from early marriages than I have in later marriages. One thirty. Of course, I would also say have some fun. I think that's super important. Uh, Personal finance doesn't have to be boring. Save a little for a vacation. Save a little bit for a car. Save a little bit. Like That's fine. Have some fun built into your budget. It doesn't have to be about those first nine things. You could find it, but also like some of my best dates ever was a sketch pad and a bottle of wine where me and my girlfriend would sketch each other. And you know what I'm talking about if you've seen Titanic. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Um, big event coming up in just a couple days. This is exciting. Um, it is about income and retirement. It's about living in retirement, getting to retirement. CFP Stephanie Richmond is going to share strategies, hints, tips, and tricks, income gaps, long-term care, health insurance, social security, retiring early, uh, potentially working after retirement. We're going to talk about all that. March 11th, Saturday, 10 to noon, Lafayette Park Hotel. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Let's talk a little bit now about a checklist. People like lists. I grew up loving Dave Letterman and his top 10 lists. Um, Sorry, that's who I am. Some people didn't like him, thought he was mean. He was mean. But I liked the sarcasm. I saw him on the Today Show once. And he talked about, like, he, he broke into weather and talked about, like, a Godzilla on the bridge, on the Hudson River Bridge. And I'm like, that's funny. There's no Hudson River Bridge, by the way. There's a tunnel there. Anyhow, I like his sense of humor. Let's talk about a checklist. From age 35 to 45, you should have one and a half times your annual salary. Okay. How much should you have investing, saving in an age? From age 35 to 45, you should at least have one and a half times. Age 45 to 55, you should have three times your salary. Age 55 plus, six times. And when you hit retirement, I want you to have 10 to 20 times. And you should be able to live till the day you die comfortably. The road to retirement is littered with distractions, though. That's why you should do a checklist. If you're 35, you heard how much I said one and a half times. Otherwise, you can work till the time, day you die. You're behind. And it's okay. I have no problem with people working till the day they die. It's just not fun. In your 30s and early 40s, Take advantage of your 401k match. Your employer-sponsored retirement plan is the easiest way to put savings on your autopilot. 
If you take full advantage of your company match, you can earn 50 to 100% of your money before taking any market risk. So my employer gives a, a match. That's awesome. That's free money on top of what I, uh, they said. We're going to pay you X. I'm like, sweet. But we're also going to give you a, an extra 3 to 4% on your savings. Sweet. That's amazing. Boost your 401k contributions. I get the idea. I wish Americans would do this. I wish President whomever would sign into a law that, you know, everyone has to open a 401k when they start work at a company because social security is only going to cover maybe 20% of your cost, maybe in retirement. That's why you have to have one and a half times your salary between age 35 and 45. Cause you're, it's not going to, you're not going to have enough to live off social security. That is a myth. Um, in your thirties and forties, early forties, Find other ways to save, not just a 401k. Maybe it's a Roth IRA. Maybe it's another investment account. I've said this numerous times on the show that, you know, I use all my points from credit cards. I turn it into cash or I use it for discounts on travel and I invest that money. I have Acorns, which is a stupid app. It's dumb, but it's taken 30 cents. If I spend a buck 70 at a gas station, it takes 30 cents. And I spent two bucks. I'm not going to miss that 30 cents. And it invests that 30 cents for me. That's now over $60,000 after four or five years. That adds up and it gets market performance. In your 30s and early 40s, cover six months of expenses. Make sure you have emergency cash. I didn't set up my emergency cash till I was about 50, where I seriously was like, there's $200,000 in my account. There's $200,000 in her account and it's cash and I ain't ever touching it. Not for a vacation, not for a market dip. That's there for my emergency. And I don't know what my emergency is. If I did, I want to get into the, all in that situation. I had a cousin the other day got bit by a pit bull. What if, and he's the guy who's studying to be an electrician. What if he bit his hand and he can't be an electrician? Whoops. Uh, anyhow, invest for growth in your 30s and early 40s. Um, 80% I'm fine with. Maybe 20% value. I don't know. There's there's no magic formula. There is a formula, but I don't think it works. Um, and I, again, I can't, I'll say this till I'm blue in the face. You can go with a SP 500 fund. You can go with a Wilshire 5000, a Russell 3000. You can go with ETFs. You have to go for growth, though, when you're younger. You can't go, I'm going to keep it all in cash. I gave a speech once at Visa where they wanted me to speak to the millennials. They wanted me to speak to the boomers and the generation X three different speeches. And what I was shocked about was the millennials, the youngest of the group. Most of their 401k was in cash because they had saw a stock market crash when they got out of college and they didn't like that. They saw their, their parents lose money in their savings. They saw their friends lose money in their investments. So they, they put it in cash earning 0% at that time. That's just stupid. You're, you're going to lose 2 to 4% every year due to inflation. And for the record, your home that you own, when it's paid off, it loses money. It loses to inflation. So I plan to always have some debt because I think I could do better with low-cost debt than I can with just a house paid off losing to inflation. So yeah, I will take out a home equity line of credit when time is right. In your 40s and 50s, focus on how to invest your money. 
You want three times your annual salary by age 45. More if you can. You want to rebalance your portfolio. Now you don't have forever to recover. Now you may be 10 years from retirement or 20 years from retirement, and you want to start getting some income. You want to start seeing what income you can produce from your assets to generate income in retirement when you're no longer working. You're still working in your 40s and early 50s, but you want to start seeing the fruits of investing in your 30s and early 40s. I went over my investment strategy. I got married in my uh, 40s. Is that right? Yeah, 39. First marriage was like 37. Like I married late. I don't even know how, I don't even know how long I've been married. <laughs> in your 50s and beyond, you want at least six times in your early 50s. You want 10 to 20 times before you quit and retire. You can make up catch up, not Heinz 57, but you can do catch up contributions, an extra 5,000, 5,500, 6,000. It goes up every couple of years. I like catch up contributions. So not only can you put money into your 401k and max it out, but you can add another 5,500 or 6,000. Hopefully your kids are off to college around this time. And you can now say, instead of spending money on, you know, raising them, you're, you're going to put that extra money into catch up contributions. Give yourself a reality check in your fifties. Super important. If you don't have six times your salary, you're probably going to work till the day you die. Or maybe you want to think about working when you retire. There's an artist I like. He's modern. It's a bad artist because he's alive. If you want to invest in art, you want to invest in someone who's dead. Can't make more of him if he's dead. Jackson Pollock, I'd buy a Jackson Pollock over a shag. I like shag in my like my bar in my uh, uh, living room because it, it kind of has a tiki feel. I like it. Um, it's colorful, but it's a bad investment. In my retirement, I could paint like shag and I could sell them on eBay. That would be a source of income. I could work at Home Depot. I could be a driver for Amazon. If I didn't have enough saved, that's what I'm doing. I'm looking at my social security. Go to ssa.gov, ssa.gov. See what your social security is going to be. Because now you're going to start piecing the puzzle of the social security. You're going to click that into your 401k and you're going to say, oh, this is what I got. You're going to start seeing what retirement looks like in your 50s. Again, 10 times your salary would be ideal. And if you don't have that, start working on plan B. Staying working in retirement for as long as you can. Keep cash flow coming in. That's not a bad thing. Stay social. Get out for a walk. I love that kind of stuff. Um, don't stay at home and die. You can earn some money in retirement. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black, big event coming up with Stephanie Richmond. It's a seminar called From Working to Retire to Living Your Life. It's all about retirement goals, roadblocks, hurdles, income during retirement, income gaps, healthcare costs, social security, and much, much more. March 11th at the Lafayette Hotel in Lafayette. It's an East Bay seminar. I don't do many of them. You can sign up at robblackshow.com. That's the Lafayette Hotel in the East Bay, Lafayette City. Um, Big event coming up March 11th, 10 to noon. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. In the movie History of the World, Mel Brooks comedy, little, how shall we say, lewd? Definitely PG-13 movie I saw on HBO probably back in 1982 or 83. I don't know. It's R-rated movie. Um, one of the first scenes was Mel Brooks was parodying the world and he was parodying the history of the world. 
And Moses comes off the mountain and he has 15 commandments and he goes, let me give you 15 commandments. And he accidentally drops one of the pillars. He goes, the 10 commandments. Because the pillar was made of stone and it broke. Um, that's always stuck in my head that people like commandments. My childhood was messed up because here I am talking about the history of the world years and years later. For the record, Young Frankenstein still makes me laugh. There's very few movies that ha- that hold up for 30, 40 years. That's one of them. History of the World, I don't think did, but Young Frankenstein, same same guy, Mel Brooks. Okay, um, let's talk about the Ten Commandments in your 30s. I have listed these. If you want to Ten Commandments in your 20s or Ten Commandments in your 30s, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com, and I'll send you this. I'm just going to go over it right now because some people like to learn you know, through spoken word, and some people like to look visually at the word. Pay off your non-mortgage debt in your 30s. Life moves fast. You think you have all the time in the world and suddenly your 20s are over. You're a real adult now. Welcome to your 30s. There's going to be a bad TV show about your 30s that made at some point in time. And you're like, yes, that was awful. But pay off your non-mortgage debt. Your 30s brings financial responsibilities. You got to start acting it. You have a mortgage now. You probably have a family. Nothing frees up cash. Nothing frees up cash to meet those obligations like getting rid of debt. Debt is money going out. Stop sending it out. Start putting it into you and your family. Credit cards. If you, In your 20s, if you're going to make mistakes, that's the time to do it. You have time to recover. I know many people in their 20s that went bankrupt because their credit cards got out of control. And I'm okay with that if you go bankrupt. I hate saying that because I'm, I'm, I'm pushing people into like being lazy. No, I'm just saying that the laws are there for you and, and banks take into account there's going to be a percentage of you that fail. I would make your best effort not to. It's going to hurt your credit score. Oh, no, it hurt my credit score. That's the way I look at it. it rock, scissors, paper of, of credit card debt or bad credit score. I'll take the credit card score. Because you got to start saving for retirement and that, that debt is killing you. You're running out of time. It's time to be shaken a little bit. In your 30s, commandment number two, kick the debt cycle. Kick it. Um, An easy way to save up for big ticket items, avoid getting into big debt, is to put money you would have used monthly towards debt payments and interest charges into a savings account. Um, If you've got $300 of credit card debt and you get it wiped out, $300 a month. Start putting $300 into savings. Move that what was a debt into now an asset. Maybe it's a 401k. Maybe it's more money into an IRA, a Roth IRA. Maybe it's money into a savings account. In your 30s. Yeah, like for instance, if you're paying $300 a month on credit cards, um, just on the interest, that adds up. $3,600 a year. That's that's. Your whole savings that you have to put aside for retirement. Right there, bam, you've already done it by not carrying debt interest. And again, I like mortgage interest. I don't like uh, credit card debt. Get serious about retirement in your 30s. Your 20s were a time to start investing. You didn't have to do a lot. 3% of your 401k, next year you make 4%, next year you make 5%, next year you make 6 But by the time you're in your 30s, you're doing 15% of your check. Otherwise, you are not an adult. And I know that's easy for me to say, but I'm just trying to like say I love you. Financially, I love you. Is that convincing? I love you. Let me practice for my spouse. 
Honey, I love you. I love you. <laughs> um, so get serious about really uh, about retirement. Don't be tempted to save for your kids. Uh, don't be tempted to save for your kids college retire uh, college savings versus your retirement. Do your retirement first. Your kid could get uh, a loan, a student loan. Your kid can get scholarships. Your kid could turn into not what you want. I've got two family members that didn't graduate high school. They're not blood relatives, but they're relatives. One got his GED and one didn't. And life's going to be tough for the guy who got his GED. And the one who didn't, he's going to work at restaurants until he gets his GED. Because people who employ you, they want to see where you are. And they're going to talk to you. What high school did you go to? What college did you go to? So I do want you to save your kids uh, college, but not at the expense of your retirement. Retirement first. I know they're your kids. They came out they're, 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 I saw life created. I get it. But take care of yourself first. Next up, diversify your investments. You can't be in tech stocks only. Uh, generally, you want to allocate 50 to 50% of your portfolio to large companies. Evenly split between growth and value. Not a bad way to go. You could change it later if you want to. You can go more growth if you're feeling sexy. You can go more value if you're feeling conservative. 25% of your money to foreign uh, ETFs. A lot of companies around the world make money. Not They're not all in the United States. Um, there's a little bit more risk in currency and things, but I have 25% of my portfolio in, in foreign uh, investments. ETFs for the record. Uh, I am not a big fan of saying, I'm going to go own a South Korean semiconductor company. Uh, I don't know too much about that company. But if you give me the index of South Korea, I'm in. I think that's a kicking, bumping, exciting economy, all things considered. Uh, India as well. I don't really like China. You know why? Because I like investing in capitalism. And I, I still see China's, eh, I don't like that socialism thing. I don't like that communism thing. If I'm investing, if it's for a better life, feed all people, give Medicare to everyone. Hey, I love socialism and, and communism. I'm, I, I'm pro that. But when it comes to my investing dollars, that's when I get a little bit more conservative. I like capitalism. In your 30s, the commandment number five is continue to learn. Listen to podcasts like this. Share this podcast with friends. Uh, up your earning power through more education. I like the Wall Street Journal. I like Barron's. Those are great gifts for college graduates. Um. I could probably think of some some better ones. I'll do a media segment at some point. Maybe my next segment, I'll do media. Um, I'll put it on a podcast for sure at some point of all the media that I consume. Um, but I think Barron's is a good one. It talks about investing. And again, would I take what they say as Bible? No. You are your own Bible when it comes to investing. You know yourself. The guy who's writing that article doesn't know you. The guy who's recommending that stock doesn't know you. In your 30s, commandment number six is protect your assets. Even the best laid financial plans can be derailed by an unexpected cost. So it pays to be prepared for this. What if scenarios? And there are going to be what if scenarios. For most 30-somethings, that means having adequate homeowners or renter's insurance, health insurance, disability insurance. Those are the four that you got to have. Maybe three, homeowners or renter's insurance, health insurance and disability insurance. Uh, but when you get married, you add life insurance to it. 
term life. I have not CFP Chad Burton and me. If you think we're financial experts, we don't have anything but term life. We don't do variable life or whole life. Those are for fools. I pay the fool that buys whole life. Mm, it's not that simple. We don't have Mr. T endorsements, but pretty close. So you ensure what you can't afford to lose. In your 30s, another commandment, commandment number seven, when Moses came down the mountain and he spoke to the financial gods, and that's probably blasphemy, so I take it back. He said, live simply. Deferred gratification may not be fun, but adopting a simple lifestyle is one of the most surest ways to meet today's needs and your long-term goals. For what you need today, you probably don't need a $60,000 car. You need a $30,000 car. For what you need today, you probably don't need to go to Paris. You probably need, or Paris, France, you need to go to Paris, Texas. Um, live simpler if you can. Um, I buy a lot of stuff in bulk. Uh, I shop. I like paying for expensive meat, but I like buying and expensive vegetables. But everything else I'm getting at a Costco if I can. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, but I live very, very simply. Uh, to the point of my closet is, I would bet, smaller than everyone else's closet who's listening right now. Like, I live pretty simply. I've got two business suits, one that could be used for funerals. Like, I'm pretty simple. Um, but I'm also on TV, so I have like a couple jackets. So I'm embellishing a bit, but not much. Uh, if you take out my business clothes, I, I definitely have fewer clothes than your husband or your wife or your spouse. Um, live simply is great. Keeping up with the Joneses is a losing game. Someone else's success may be a facade. I know a couple that their kids used to play with my kids and they were frauds. One thirty. He was like, oh, I'm a venture capitalist. Oh, I'm this and this. Like, no, he was lying. And I saw them forge W-2s to get a rent contract. I'm like, not for me. In your 30s, make your will known. You're going to die and you're starting to get closer to it. Let your kids know what decisions, medical decisions, in case you get hurt. Set up a guardian for your children. Don't not do it. Do it. Get term life to cover expenses in your 30s in case you do die. So I'm number eight and number nine. You're going to die. Right? So cover those expenses and be charitable. That's the last commandment. Start learning what it's like for not being you. For people who are less than you in income, help them. Whether it's through teaching, whether it's through uh, throwing some income their way. Uh, I don't know. Be charitable. You don't, you don't have to give everything. Charity can be a good tax write-off as well. Anyhow and anyway, I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Dirty. Big event coming up in Lafayette. Stephanie Richmond, CFP with EP Wealth, and I will be talking about preparing for retirement, life in retirement, income in retirement, roadblocks in retirement, pensions in retirement, income gaps in retirement, social security, and much, much more. Sign up for the event March 11th, 10 to noon at the Lafayette Park Hotel at robblackshow.com. What's the best way to choose a financial advisor? Download our guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. A friend of mine reached out recently. And she asked, what do you read? She's the friend and she, I lost a friendship and we got it back. But for two years, she was really mad at me because during the pandemic, she started day trading and she's like, this is fun. Stocks were soaring and she's making money. 
And she had sold a house and she was using basically money that could be pegged for retirement or money for living in a home shelter. She was putting in the stock market. I was like, that's a bad idea. And I talked about it on air and she got really pissed. And no one knows who she is, but she took it personally. Because I said, I, she, she's, a, she's a photographer. She's not an investor. And you can't just turn on a switch that says you're going to be an investor and be good at it. She got the advantage of a not market. Where I beat her and you is I do research. I've done this for 25 years. It's not a hobby. It's an infatuation. So what, what are some of my sources? First and foremost, I got one that's really expensive. It's called Bloomberg. Not TV or radio, although I love Bloomberg TV and radio. I do not like CNBC. To me, CNBC is financial pornography. It's instant gratification. Can you get something from it? Sure. But I don't think it's going to help you make money. So Bloomberg is a new service. Michael Bloomberg, he started it. It's a pay service. It's expensive. I don't expect the average person to go there. Um, here's some sources, though. I use the Wall Street Journal. And the New York Times every day. I used to read the Wall Street Journal cover to cover in my 20s. Every day, every morning, and I would black out with big black marker things that, I, that made no sense to me. Things that, that resonated with me, I'd put in a box. And on Saturday after the week was over, I'd see how did that play out. I take it seriously. What else do I do? Um, I find some websites like MarketWatch to be useless. It's average journalism done by 25-year-old kids or less. Or it's a sponsor, advertisers, who is trying to get your business. Um, don't get me wrong. Market Watch could be useful. But again, it's like CNBC. Yeah. Seeking Alpha, Investors Business Daily, I think they could be consumed for knowledge. But a lot of it is non-professionals writing about investing. And I don't like that. So my sources are the Wall Street Journal and New York Times. And to be quite honest with you... Yeah, writers are getting younger, and, and they're probably not as good as the well-paid older journalists, but older, well-paid journalists are probably a dodo bird or the making of a dodo bird. I like the quality. I cannot comment on all of this. I want you to be careful on, uh, do you want to be a day trader? I don't, I don't know anyone who's a day trader, and she thought she was going to be this. Um, can you make money day trading? Sure. In the end, after you pay taxes and costs and after being wrong a couple times, you're going to lose. You're not going to beat the market. So be the market. Um, what else do I like? Um, Standard and Poor's. Okay, so if you have a brokerage account, you have a brokerage account at TD Ameritrade or Fidelity or Schwab. And it's, you have online access, right? You can go there right now and you can look at your accounts and you should. But also there's going to be a tab there called research. And you can type in research. Uh, you can type in AAPL and you can get a research report on Apple, either from Standard & Poor's or um, some company like a Zaxx. They, they, it's professional research that they're giving to the online brokers, Schwab, Fidelity, Vanguard, TD Ameritrade to satisfy you and the ability to do research on your own stocks. I love Standard Poor's. You know what I like about Standard Poor's? They're markets. When they talk about the big picture stock marketing economy, I like that more than I like reading a report on Qualcomm. Don't get me wrong. I like reading a report on Qualcomm. 
But try to see what I'm saying here is that I can do research in other ways. Uh, but when you get professional like market commentary, I love that stuff. Now, I do that on my YouTube channel. I interview E.P. Wells, Adam Phillips. He works with 10 other individuals, uh, probably many, many more, but 10 directly. That they talk about, what do you think about what's going on in the market? What do you think about inflation? They get together and power that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think I've hit this now. I talked to Wall Street Journal and New York Times. So I, I do like the research reports that you can get on your online brokerage. And what's cool about that is you can open an online brokerage. And I did this in my 20s. Um, I didn't want to pay for that research. So I opened accounts at four or five brokerage firms. And suddenly I had access to four or five brokerage firms research. That's pretty cool. It's a hack. And I don't know if it's the right thing to do. But it worked for me. I really like Barron's. It's pricey. I like daily online Barron's and I like the weekend. I like the print edition. I used to tell the story and if you've heard this, you can write me a letter and I'll send you a, like a check or something. I don't know. Not a check. No, I'm not going to say that. You can write me a letter. And I'll send you a star. You can be a part of the Rob Black 10-hour club. Whatever. But every weekend I'd get Barron's. I'd go down to the newsstand, grab it. I lived in a city. And I'd go back and sit in the bathtub and I'd read Barron's cover to cover. And A, I think bathtubs are sexy, especially for men with cowboy hats and Barron's magazines. I know you're saying, why do I have to imagine you in a cowboy hat in a bathtub? I'm going to need therapy. For the record, I think therapy's great. And you probably do need some. Um, but I think Barron's is a great read because oftentimes it takes a negative look at the markets, a negative look at stocks, a negative look at U.S. And the next week, it's a positive look. And I kind of like both sides of the story. My family, we had a thing my dad taught us. Where we would argue about women's rights and civil rights and abortion and, you know, capital punishment. At the dinner table, we did this. And my dad made us take the other side of the argument next time. He taught us how to think both sides of the story. I'll tell you what, my brother is a judge. I think he's pretty darn, darn fair. Because he was taught to look at things on both sides. So I think Barron's nice. And I don't think you need to get too much fancier than that. There's not a newsletter that's going to tell you, like, this is the best stock ever. There's not a radio show that's going to say, this is the best stock ever. I can give you some ideas that I'm buying and selling, but I don't know you. One minute. And when, when push comes to shove, I'm not going to be there to sell your portfolio for you. Or you're going to miss the day that I'm on vacation. Or I'm going to miss the day you're on vacation and you're not going to know what to do. And I've moved on and you're sitting in that horrible position. Anyhow, anyway, I'm Rob Black. Planning for retirement has so many moving parts to take control of. You can feel overwhelmed. You can sign up for an event March 11th from working to retire to living your life with CFP Stephanie Richmond and myself in Lafayette at the Lafayette Hotel Park. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. It's March 11th, 10 to noon. That's 10 to noon at the Lafayette Park Hotel. RobBlackShow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at RobBlackShow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at RobBlackShow.com. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.